Oh my god, am I really doing this fucking podcast? Is that what I'm doing? It's one o'clock in the morning, 23rd of the 2nd, 2020. And I'm I'm starting a fucking podcast. Disgrace. I'm turning 30 fucking 4 next Friday. So that's why I'm starting a, a podcast. Because that's what you do now when you have a midlife crisis. You know, it used to be you'd fucking break up with your wife. And you'd go and run off with the 20 year old secretary called, I don't know, June. And then you'd buy a Ferrari. But now it's you start a podcast. You talk at length into a fucking microphone by yourself in your underpants at Saturday night at one o'clock. You used to go out drinking on Saturday nights and, you know, look at girls at bars. But now what you're doing, you're lying in bed rambling angrily into a fucking microphone to try and stave off the inevitable decay and uh, decline of your physical <laughs> body. Anyway, that's a great fucking uh, opening to my podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, I turned 34, but I've never actually been more content, really, in my brain. Uh, my body is a different story, but my brain is much better. Like, I think it's because when you uh, you turn 30, things get calmer. That's what happened to me, anyway. Because when I was younger, I was in a lot of psychic pain. Fucking, you know, all the usual bullshit. Anxiety, depression. The classics of the mental illness genre. You know, I... Had them all, and I had them until from about the age of zero to the age of uh, 29, 29 years depressed. <laughs> Came out fucking depressed. Came out of the, my mother's fanny, absolutely depressed out of my brain, you know. Uh, the first thing I did actually when I came out was just start crying. <laughs> Started bawling my eyes out. But when I got to 30, it kind of calmed down a bit. I'm not as bad anymore. And there's a few reasons, I think. The main reason is, I think, when you're a youngster running around in school and having fun and you think, oh, life is never going to fucking end. <laughs> but then you you think, and you think when you get to be an adult, you think, oh, I can't wait till I'm an adult. Everything is going to be, all my problems are going to fucking be gone I'm going to be a billionaire sex machine that invents time travel but then you get to like 25 you're like shit I'm not a fucking billionaire I'm definitely not a sex machine and I still haven't invented time travel what am I going to do is this it is this life life is just this until I fucking get a terminal illness and die that's it ah and you have an existential crisis I've had a few of those going Oh my god. Oh no. This is it. This is life. Ah. Going to be working in a supermarket for the rest of my life. Ah no. No. You know that's what happened to me. I had a few breakdowns in the aisles of uh, my job in Tesco. But when you get into your 30s it's sort of like I don't know. It's sort of like you just accept it. All right. Okay. Okay, I that's fine. I don't I don't mind. You kind of accept that this is your life. You don't worry about the life you don't have. You just kind of get on with the life you do have. If you know what I mean.
Does that make fucking sense? Are you understand? Are you still listening to what I'm saying? You sort of, t- you know, you kind of enjoy that. You're like, ah, oh, well, you know, getting up in the morning and looking at a tree. That's all right. I enjoy looking at a tree, that tree in the back garden. Instead of wanting to have, you know, uh, be a super rock star. That's what I thought I was going to be. I thought I was going to be a rock star when I grew up. Without any uh, fucking, without any attempt at actually being one, I thought, listen, I'm not going to try and be a rock star, but I know for a fact I am going to be one. And then you uh, you realize, no, you work, in, um, you work packing the beans in the supermarket, which is, I'm not talking down that job. I did that for t- fucking 10 years. I'm just saying it's not fucking doing cocaine off your own cock in the back of a lorry at high speeds playing guitar with your teeth on a pile of hundred dollar bills pile of benjamins but i am happier i know i must have a, uh, i must put in a like a bit of a disclaimer there i uh, also at around the age of 30 went on very high strength antidepressants <laughs> so that's probably got something to do as well with how my brain is more calm now I love my antidepressants. Love them. I know some people hate them. I fucking love them. Love them. They change my life. I've a feeling that I'm gonna be on them forever, but I don't. I don't mind. That's fine. Because uh, whatever side effects there are, it's nothing like the dark, the darkness of what came before. You know. Anyway, turning thirty-four, man. It is getting old. John, I realize I'm getting old. Fucking went on TikTok. The other day downloaded it jesus christ i just don't that's this is one of the first things that i completely don't get you know like if a child was uh when i say a child i mean like a 19 year old was going oh look tiktok's I, do you know like when you were used to sh- well, i don't know what did i show like oh look at this playstation game tomb raider to my nan and she was like oh i don't understand this get away that's what i'm like with tiktok i went on it and there are people there with fucking million followers that i know from tralee they've got a million followers and all they're doing is dancing stupidly to a fucking some song that i hate that kids are all into that i don't even know what the song is something i don't know by michael buble or something you know and i just don't i'm like get me out of this tiktok shit get me out close this fucking app now i don't get it i don't understand it i don't like it and I'm not saying it's wrong or a bad thing. I'm not, you know, kids are into it. They love it. Millions of them. But I just don't get it. I'm getting old. I'm losing touch. And when you see what what they're into, you kind of go, thank God I'm losing touch. Thank God I'm not into fucking TikTok. Lip syncing to the Kardashians and getting 20,000 fucking likes. Get a hold of yourself, children. It's terrible. Read a fucking book. Read Chekhov. <laughs> hey, what are you into TikTok? Oh yeah, read fucking Chekhov. Learn something. Get down to Proust. Get some Tolstoy into you. I might make a fucking TikTok of me sitting there. There, I think they're like minute long videos. I'm going to read the whole of Anna Karenina on TikTok. It would take four years. And I, and I get no likes. But it would be, then people would find it in a hundred years or something and go wow look at this genius he's like the Andy Kaufman of of TikTok he read War and Peace I don't know what I'm talking about 
I gave up on a book the other day. This that's my New Year's resolution: start reading books. Because I used to read books before, but then I stopped because of the internet. So I've I've been reading a few. I read a biography of Richard Nixon. Turns out he was not a nice guy. <laughs> he uh, did a lot of stupid bad things, you know. But um, I read a, anyway. I read a biography of that guy, Nixon, and then I read Killers of the Flower Moon, which is another book about uh murder guys murdering native americans and that was good and then i started reading thomas pynchon book the crying of lot 49 you know thomas pynchon is uh i don't know much about him the most i'd known about him was that uh you know that movie what's it called inherent vice by paul thomas anderson directed it the guy who made boogie nights and there will be blood so i seen that movie and Joaquin Phoenix is in it. So then I kind of was like, all right, okay, maybe his books are cool. But the line of crying of lot 49, fuck off. Unreadable. Honestly, unreadable. Just a mess. I It would literally take two hours to get through a page trying to understand what was going on. And the book was only 120 pages. And do you know why I think he made it only 120 pages? So that you'd feel bad about quitting it about giving it up because you are not going to make it through those pages and because it's so small you feel worse because if it was a long book at least you go alright I'm not going to read 500 pages of this shit but there's a part of you going oh, it's only another 30 or it's only another 100 pages so you feel worse and I think that's probably why he did it because that's what I'd do if I could write a fucking incomprehensible bullshit book and then constantly think that I'm a genius that's what I was thinking when I first started doing stand-up. Um, some people, because I used to do weird videos or whatever, so some people were like, uh, well, why aren't you doing weird stand-up? You know, why is your stand-up sort of conventional? And I thought of doing weird stand-up, but I thought, you know, it was going to be too easy. That's what I thought. I could have gone up on stage, right, with a turnip in my hand. I started going like this into the microphone. Turnip, turnip. Turnip, 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 turnip for 10 minutes, right? No one would have laughed. I would have died every time I did it. But at least one fucker would have gone, wow, what a genius. He is a fucking genius. What a man. Deconstructing stand-up comedy through the medium of turnips. (laughs) So what I did instead was just try and be uh, fucking funny. And then... Maybe in a few years when I learn how to be funny, I can deconstruct it. Now, I'm not going to get into all that bullshit about my, my comedy, you know. Who wants to hear that? Anyway, this fucking book. So I quit. I've given up that book. Awful. Awful. Do not read Thomas Pynchon. And if you do like him and you want to send me an angry email, you can email me at email at gmail.com. But any questions... Like, if you're still listening to this, fair play. Um, I can't even remember what I've been ranting about. Probably a lot of nonsense. If you don't know who I am, I'm Shane Clifford. I'm a stand-up comedian from from Ireland. I moved to Dublin. I love Dublin. I used to live down in Tralee, you see, for the first 30 years of my life, 32 years, and I moved up to Dublin last year. A lot of people hate Dublin. I think it's cool to say that, maybe. You know, it's hip to say that you hate Dublin. That it's a shithole or whatever. But I don't think it is, personally. Mainly because you can get a cappuccino at 10 o'clock at night. That, to me, blew my mind. 
when I came up here. That fucking just blew my fucking mind. That you can get a cappuccino at half ten at night. I walked past a, a coffee shop and I looked in and there was people drinking cappuccinos. It was like quarter to eleven. And I was thinking, where the fuck are we? Las Vegas or something. No, we're on George Street. Getting a cappuccino is like so... It's like the last days of Rome. It's like, you know, the decadence of it. To me, that's amazing. Because back home in Tralee, I mean, if you had, you wouldn't even... I never even imagined you could get a cappuccino past six o'clock. Never even came into my brain. If I saw a film with someone drinking a cappuccino at nine o'clock, I'd go, fucking hell, that's science fiction. What is this? Alien? <laughs> is this alien? Are we watching Alien now? Because there's a fucker drinking a cappuccino at nine o'clock. Do you know what else I like? The anonymity of it. I like that you can go to different coffee shops and not have to build up relationships with the people behind the counter. Because I used to hate that because there's like three fucking cafes in down home. And I like coffee and I drink coffee every day, a lot of it. So I go in there and then after a while they'd start knowing what I was going to order. Oh, cappuccino again and a chicken and cheese and onion sandwich. We go, yeah. And once that happened, I would never go back there again. I'd stop going. And, uh, you know, it was just an in- it was just a, an instinct. I don't know why I do it, but that's what I did. I realized, I think I realized what it was recently. I think it's just the f- complete, that's how f- afraid I am of intimacy that when once they got even a slight bit of intimacy with me I was just like fucking no thank you I'm out of here like when I meet somebody for the first time I I never I don't say the name to them I can't can't say the name like if I meet you I'm like hey and I know you um, I just go hey man hey man hey man never like hey uh, Fred I don't know, it's like that level, I just can't get to that level of intimacy. It's a fucking nightmare. No way, that just makes me so full of anxiety. That if I, you know, you can call, like I, I see people and they talk to someone for the first time, they're going, hi, uh, hi, Danny. Hi, Danny, yeah, come right in here, Danny, take a seat. Like, Jesus Christ, is that that's insane to me? Like, I remember my girlfriend's mother saying, Shane, are you ever going to call me by my name? This was like four years into our relationship. So I think that's kind of what I'm like with the people who work in a coffee shop. <laughs> Which sounds insane. Like they give me the coffee and if they start going, oh, hey, oh, you're back again. Oh, do you want your cappuccino? I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, it's like in a relationship, uh, you know, you hear people. Why did you break up with that guy? Ah, he was too nice. Why did you break up with that girl? Ah, she was too nice. Because they, what happens is they, the person that says that don't feel that they deserve the kindness and the love of this person. That's too nice, apparently. They hate them. They think so little of themselves that they can't accept, you know, subconsciously that the other person would like them. So they punish themselves by getting out of there. So that's what I, that's what I'm like with fucking coffee people. And that's why I like it up here in Dublin, because... The service up here is abysmal. They don't look you in the eye. They fucking barely say hi. And I love that. I love that about Dublin. I love that they look at me in disdain if I put milk into a Americano. Like, how could you ruin the purity of our four euro small coffee with specially selected Colombian white beans or whatever? Or that fucking coffee. Did you ever see that coffee... Uh, that a cat shits out it's like 70 euro a cup some Japanese cat 
shits it, they give it to the cat, the cat eats it, and then whatever fucking does to the beans in its digestive system, it shits them out. And then they use that to make the coffee. And it costs 70 euro a cup or something. And I've seen my cat's shit. There's no way I'm putting that near my fucking mouth. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, moving to Dublin. Yeah, so I, I moved up to do uh, pursue my dream of uh, stand-up comedy. Which I love doing. I uh, gig now maybe four or five nights a week. Um, which is more than I could do when I was down home. Because I used to have to get a bus up to Tralee. Or up to, from Tralee to Dublin. Once or twice a week, you know. Because I don't drive. I'm afraid to drive in case I kill somebody on purpose. Because I know I've, I've seen my, my girlfriend. Who is the quietest, nice, most nicest, purest sweetest most innocent person you've ever met when she gets behind the wheel of a car she turns into a fucking nazi <laughs> you know she, she's just screaming at everybody and she's always right she turns into a fascist behind the wheel of a fucking car and i know that would happen to me too uh, so i had to get the bus up to dublin all the time green bus oh nightmare fucking nightmare you get on the bus, right? This is when I was first starting out. And it would take six hours to get up. Leave at 12. Get up there for six. Hang around Dublin. Because I had no friends up here. So I used to hang around by myself. Have a show, let's say, at nine o'clock. And when you're first starting out, you want to get like seven minutes. So I'd come up. I'd do seven minutes. And let's say you fucking bomb. And then have to get a six-hour bus back home. And this is when I'm fucking 30 years old. Tears in my eyes, getting back on the bus. Oh my god, what do I do with my life? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, so I moved up here. So now it's easier to bomb and just walk home five minutes down the road. But I had some great. I had like seven or eight shows this week. It was a busy week and uh, had some great shows actually. And I had a couple of bad shows too. I did one show uh, in a college, and it was in a classroom. And it was for a, soci- a comedy society. And there's about six students there watching. And uh, I went on first and it was well, like the room was too big and it was really well lit. Six people there, young people, you know, uh, which is not the best recipe for comedy. You're supposed to have comedy where as many people as possible shoved into the smallest, darkest room you can find. Not in a fucking classroom. Like a lecture hall. Well, I did it and like it was tough. I got a few laughs. You know, it was only 10 minutes. But the kids that were watching me, some of them. (laughs) There was one girl in the front row. She couldn't even look me in the eye. She felt so embarrassed for me having to do this. She could not look me in the eye. I mean, I was, I wanted, I should have told her, look, it's fine. I've done way worse gigs than this this isn't this isn't even scratching the fucking bottom of the barrel is that a phrase but this isn't scratching the top of the barrel to get to the bottom of the barrel you know she couldn't look me and she was looking at the floor with a look of this of fucking fear in her face which was you know fun for me because i find a lot of time if i'm up there and i'm absolutely bombing because that's the funny thing about stand-up comedy i like i'm sure you've might have been to see comedy or if you've even seen it on tv and you see a comedian bomb 
or a comedian you don't like you hate them it's, it's the one art form where like if you hear a song you don't like you just kind of go all right but if you see a comedian you go that is one of the most horrible fucking people on the planet that is not funny she's and or he's fucking terrible who fucking told them they were funny so when you bomb like in a room let's say uh of i don't know 50 or 60 people it's i find it hilarious because you're only there trying to make them laugh your one job and you, you're first of all you can't even do it second of all the whole room absolutely despises you they're looking at you going who is this man i hate him when is he going to get off i find that funny sometimes when i'm up there it's like i start and i start kind of laughing into the microphone which is sad because that makes them even angrier oh bombing is can be funny um but sometimes some bombs then are just absolutely oh i've had soul crushing ones where I've got to take go to bed for a week. One time I did one down in a place called Lep. Spelt L-E-A-P. Lep. In Cork. Uh, west. Like Southwest Cork. And. Fucking hell. This is when I was first starting. So I couldn't even handle a bomb. I went up there and I died. And it was like old middle aged people. And they were. They hated me. They couldn't understand. What I was doing. They didn't probably didn't even hear. One thing that they recognized as a joke. And when I came off stage, they were just fucking... One guy goes to me, Hey, I thought you were good. I would have left more. Only I didn't want to be the only one. (laughs) He said that unironically. And I had to stay there because it's in the middle of nowhere. Oh my God. That was fucking awful. And I think it was supposed to... I did 20 minutes. It was the longest 20 minutes ever. Like there was women come up to me afterwards going, Now don't give up. Whatever you do, keep at it. <laughs> That's when you know things have gone tr- tragically wrong. But And there was this other gig that I did on Friday night. And there's a part of my act where I kind of pretend that things are, in my life are going bad. And let's say that what I'm doing comedically on stage is going bad. It's a little bit of fucking just playing around. I kind of go like, oh, look at me now. Look at this, what I'm doing with my life now. Can you believe how bad this is? You know how shitty my life is right and i was doing that little bit usually it gets a laugh but it didn't really get a laugh and a woman in the front row was like oh and it's not going that bad <laughs> keep on going it's not it's not that bad <laughs> which is exactly what you want to hear especially when you actually think in your head that it's going okay okay because that suggests that it is going bad and it reminded me of uh a gig that I heard about again in Southwest Cork. It was a charity gig where a guy who was an amateur comedian was up on stage doing his act and nobody in the pub like this again, rural Southwest Cork fucking Jesus it was that's like the Wild West down there in terms of comedy. He was up on stage and nobody was listening, just people talking all in a busy like rural pub. People were just talking over him, just could not give a fuck what he was saying. And in the middle of it, his wife stood up and went, shouted up at him, goes, tell them it's for charity. <laughs> oh, I I wasn't there, but I heard about it. I wish I was there. 
That would have been amazing. Yeah, I'm doing the stand-up comedy. If You might know me from making online sketch videos, but the truth is I don't really do them anymore. And in case you're wondering, in case you're the four people who are actually wondering this, uh, why aren't you making the videos anymore? Do you want me to tell you why I don't make them anymore? It's because they give me severe anxiety. Uh, it's too fucking anxious. Like it gives me, brings me back to the bad old days before I was on industrial amounts of medication. It's uh, far too anxiety inducing. I just put, because I put stuff up and it's like, oh, this didn't get that many likes. And then I look at somebody else to put up something, you know, and that got 40,000 likes and 20 million views. And then, um, and like I know that uh, just because something isn't popular doesn't mean it's not good most of the things that I like in my life is not popular but whatever it is about the internet it's like a machine that just sucks you up and demands more 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 bigger 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 and I just wanted uh, when I first started making them they were just I didn't think anyone was going to watch them they were just for me to laugh at and put up online and maybe three other people would laugh and that was it. But then they got sl- like, I'm not talking like I was I'm fucking Harry Hill. <laughs> That's a good reference. But you know what I mean? I'm not saying that they were that fucking popular anyway. But I wanna, but I did have some fans and all that jazz. And my videos weren't very uh, mainstream anyway. They're fairly niche. If you want to go and watch them, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Shane's Brilliant Channel on YouTube and have a look. They were never going to be popular anyway. And I know that. But whatever it is about putting them online and leaving them there, and it just hung over me like intent, like a weight type tied around my heart, <laughs> uh, fucking weighing me down. Um, so I decided to not do it anymore. Uh, but that's not to say that I never will again. That's when because I prefer doing stand up comedy. People might think, "Wait, isn't that not cause you a lot more anxiety?" And the answer is no, because then. At least you know if something's funny or not. You just go up there and you say your fucking thing and it's either funny or it's not and you know instantly and you go home, you have a fucking cry about it or you celebrate or whatever, feel good or you feel shitty and then the next day you get to do it again. So it's, you kind of wipe the slate clean. But when you put up your videos, you're spending two weeks, I used to put a lot of work into them. So I was putting too much work. Sometimes I worked them too much and they wouldn't be funny anymore so you put all that work into them and then put them out online and fucking 20 people will watch them so that kind of got to me and I feel shitty about that because it shouldn't have got to me you know art isn't about art should come from the fucking soul because it'll come from the fucking soul well that's the other thing then I didn't feel towards the end I didn't feel uh, passionate enough about it to keep going through that pain and I think then when I found stand-up comedy I I found something that I was passionate enough about to go through all that shitty hard times that you get from it you know but anyway I'm turning 34 next Friday I I think I started off the podcast by talking about it I can't remember that's how old I'm getting can't remember what I was talking about 30 fucking minutes ago yeah turning 34 and like I was saying my brain isn't too bad but my body that's where that's where the decline is, you know. Reminds me of, I don't know who it was. It was some baseball player. He said about turning old. Somebody asked him, what is, what's it like getting older, playing sports? And he was like, oh, it's 
you know, when you throw the ball, you still throw at the same strength. It just doesn't go as far. And that's what, that's just perfect. Because that's what my life, I, I, I looked at myself in the mirror recently and I got a shock. Do you ever look yourself in the mirror and you get a shock at how, what you've become? I've become a horrible looking fucking, uh, <laughs> I've wrinkles and my hair is receding. Um, I gave up, listen to this for bullshit. I gave up alcohol. I haven't had a, a drink in four weeks this Tuesday, it'll be my four weeks without having any alcohol. Uh, the last time I had it was my friend Maurice was moving to London and I met her uh, for drinks. And that was the last drink I had. That was four weeks ago. And I've put on a stone. Put on a stone. Wait. Isn't that fucking crazy? Put on a stone, wait. From stopping drinking. But you know what I've been doing? I've been eating a lot of biscuits. I love biscuits with all my heart. My God. Like I have to tell people. Don't bring fucking biscuits into the house. I'll eat them. All. You don't understand. I am I looked them dead in the eye. And I said I'm not joking. I'm not having fun here. This is serious. Look at my face. Please don't bring biscuits into this house. I have to say that to my girlfriend. Please don't bring those biscuits in. What are you doing? What are they? Hobnobs. You know hobnobs are my my weakness. Chocolate hobnobs. I had chocolate hobnobs in my mouth um, (laughs) a couple of weeks ago. I put one in and I swear to God, I had a, um, it was like, it was Nirvana. You know when a Buddhist monk, when they reached enlightenment and they go to Nirvana or whatever. I don't understand Buddhism, but that's what it was. It was a moment of pure bliss and when I say pure I'm not saying like pure bliss man I'm saying pure fucking bliss I had it in my, and I remember thinking to myself when this chocolate biscuit was in my mouth thinking I am happy right now this makes me happy and that's sad that I have to deprive myself of that happiness now so that I don't have a heart attack when I'm 46 or I don't eat fucking so many biscuits I get addicted to them and I lose my family and my house (laughs) you know because at that moment I knew that's probably what heroin users feel when they inject the spike into their vein that moment of just intense bliss and pleasure and I like I go down now to um, NA narcotics anonymous meetings with a packet of biscuits they're all looking at me going hey man what are you doing here with the bourbon creams this is a heroin meeting and I go listen lads now you're probably looking at me going what are you doing here with a packet of biscuits but I just want you to know I know what you're going through I know what it's like see these biscuits I know what it's like and then they tell me to leave but I put on weight that's how fucking your body gets fucked up when you get into your mid 30s and I'm turned into a sore back guy I'm a sore back fucker now. Like when you were young, remember when you're like, I don't know, an older relative would be getting out of a chair going, ugh, ugh. That's what's happening to me right now. This is slow decay into fucking... (laughs) But my mind, isn't that cruel irony of life? That your mind starts getting better, but your body starts falling apart. 
And when you're young, you've the most, you're a, you're a fit, virile Adonis, but your brain is a mess of hormones and anxiety. Youth is wasted on the young. That's a more succinct way of putting it, I think. Oscar Wilde said that. Imagine hanging around with Oscar Wilde. What a fucking arsehole that would be. Down the pub trying to watch uh, some match. And next thing Oscar Wilde comes out again with another pithy, witty comment. You're going, oh fuck, who's on there? Oh, Oscar's here. He's uh, he's on a roll today. He's fucking, Jesus, it's one banger after another. You'd be going, oh fuck off. Listen, I'm just going to watch the match here. You know, he's all right. Like, Oscar's all right in small doses. You know, I, I couldn't hang around with him fucking all day long. Do you know what I mean? I have nothing to declare but my genius. I have nothing to declare. Is that even witty? I don't think that's witty. Like, the person mentioned being the person behind the customs. Hi, sir. Have you anything to declare? I have nothing to declare but my genius. All right, sir. Okay. What about those bags? You know what I mean? This fucker's been working there for 20 years. He's working eight hours a day in customs. And some cunt comes in and says, I have nothing to declare but my genius. You'd go, all right. Good one. Move along, please. And like, who was there when Oscar Wilde said that? Was there a, a, a reporter? Or did he go to his friends afterwards? Hey, you want to hear what I said to the customs officer? What did you say, Oscar? He, right, listen to this. I went up to the window. He goes, uh, hi, can I see your passport? Showed him my passport. He goes, um, have you anything to declare? I said, listen, I have nothing to declare except my genius. Oh, yeah? Good one. <laughs> Good one, yeah, all right. Cool. Uh, listen, I'm going to, I have to go now and meet my um, girlfriend down. She's going to buy me some lunch down in uh, Mozart's cafe so uh all right bye oscar i've nothing to declare but my genius what genius where is your genius or is he just i don't get it actually i don't get that joke oscar try again try better anyway i think i've been talking now for 40 minutes probably complete but if you've made it this far well fair fucking play to you um i might do this again next saturday night seems like it's a saturday night kind of vibe and put it out and you can listen to it if you'd like uh, what I'm going to do with this because remember I was talking about how I hate putting like videos up on YouTube or whatever and um, me always checking the stats would make me anxious well what I'm going to do with these podcasts is just put them out and not look at any statistics so I don't even know if people are listening to them or not if that makes sense that's my plan anyway so the only way you can let me know if you're listening is by email, Shane's Brilliant email, or Twitter, uh, at Brilliant Shane, or Instagram, at Brilliant Shane. Or if you see me in the streets of Dublin, first, if I'm holding hobnobs, smack them out of my hand, smack me in the face, throw some, a pint of water in my face or something, you know. So Shane, don't do this to yourself. If you see me hanging around a biscuit aisle inside in a supermarket, say, Shane, fucking, what are you doing? You have a family. <laughs> put those biscuits down I know they, but do they they make you happy now but do they make you happy in the long run uh, but if I'm not holding biscuits you can say hey Shane heard the podcast or some shit or we should have like a secret code word how about this hobnob <laughs> <laughs>
If you see me in the streets, just go hobnob and I'll know then that you listen. You listen this far. Okay? All right. Uh, I think that's uh, the end. So God bless you all. Good night.